Father, thank you for today. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want us to go to Romans chapter 4 from verse 17. Romans chapter 4 is talking about justification by faith. God's approval through faith. You believe God and He makes you righteous. He imputes and imparts His righteousness. So the whole of Romans chapter 4 is talking about justification by faith. How we got justified, accepted, approved. By believing in the power of God, which is the work of God, which is how he raised Christ from the dead. That is the summary of all the work of God. The resurrection of Christ from the dead is also the exceeding greatness of God's power. So, resurrection is both the work of God, all the works that God did, the climax is the resurrection. And uh, it is also the power of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. But when God raised Christ from the dead, it was the full work of the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the work of God, the resurrection, are all the same thing in action. So, when we believe God and we believe in His power and we believe in His work, which is the resurrection, He raised Christ from the dead because that was when all the eternal energies of God were expended or dispensed. You remember the Bible says that the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Right? Okay. So Romans 4.17 as it is written I've made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. They're talking about Abraham. That he believed in the sight of God or in the presence of God. Even God, who quickeneth the dead or raises the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, Abraham's faith in God was faith in God's presence, as he stood in God's presence, his faith was in the fact that God raises the dead. His faith was based on the resurrection, the power of God to raise the dead or God's resurrection power. And his ability to call the things which don't even exist as though they already are. So that was Abraham's faith. He was talking about 
our salvation, okay? But technically, our salvation process or essence, the crux of the matter of our salvation is our justification, is our righteousness, is how we were changed into God's nature. But it happened through the workings of God. And that miraculous power was the recreation. When God raised Christ from the dead, it was a recreation. I decided to start my message from the middle or from the end. Because the just shall live by faith. And that scripture could mean the life of the just or the believer is faith. The just shall live by faith. The just that is talking about the believer. The just is the same as the righteous. The person who has been declared righteous by God who is justified. He will live by faith. We see the same scripture in Romans 10 from verse 6 when Paul said, there was a righteousness or a justification which was by the law. And those who do the works of the law, they will live by them. Their life comes from keeping the law. So the life in the Old Testament was dependent on keeping God's law. But the life in the New Testament is dependent on faith. So he calls it the righteousness which is of faith. So the just shall live by faith. The believer lives by faith. And we can conveniently say that the life of the believer is his faith. Hallelujah. So your faith is your life. Don't forget this. Because faith is tied up to the resurrection. Faith believes that God raised Christ from the dead. The essence of faith is that it believes in the resurrection. Now, what is this big deal about the resurrection? Now, the divine life is the resurrected life. Now, many of us know we are saved. Some of us also know we have the divine life, or we have eternal life, or abundant life, or overflowing life, or the life of God. But only few of us understand the nature of this life. It is not the same as the human life, which can die. This life is born from the dead. It was birthed from death. Actually, death doesn't triumph over it. Actually, death empowers it. Death feeds it. It actually starts from death. So death doesn't frustrate it. Now, if you don't understand this, then you don't even believe. Now, and if you don't believe in the resurrection, you haven't received the resurrection. Or better still, you believe in the resurrection power. But you don't fully understand that it pertains to you, and so you don't engage it. So, when you believed God, we say you believe Jesus, and you were saved. And that's correct. 
But we are getting into the anatomy of your salvation. What actually happened was when you believed Christ, believing is receiving. So when you believe Christ, you actually receive Christ. And because you receive Christ, you have received, and because Christ is the life of God, you have received the life of God. So you have eternal life. That's it. But the dynamics of the salvation, the elements involved in the salvation is this. There was a power that God released into Christ to raise him from the dead. You see, Adam was the head of the human race because he was the first man and every man was in him. All of us came out of Adam. So, Jesus Christ came as the last Adam. The last of the Adamic race. The natural man. So, he took all the weaknesses, the sin and the death of the natural man, Adam. And he completed it. Literally putting all into himself. So when Jesus stood, he stood as the whole of the human race were all in him. So we were dead in him and buried in him. Then we were raised with him. But before we were raised, what happened in the raising is the resurrection. And the resurrection actually is not just coming back from the dead. It is. They're coming back from the dead. But it is the swallowing of death and the nullifying of death and the birth of a new life in death and the conquest of death so that it's not an issue of you are raised from the dead and death can kill you again. It was the killing of death itself and the nullifying of the power of death itself present in a life so it is the resurrection life now it is superfluous it is actually life because mortality shall be swallowed up by life but for emphasis and explanation they call it resurrected life so the resurrection is actually that divine life that doesn't die that has conquered death so in your new birth this is what you have So it's not like God has written your name in some book and so one day they find out, okay, your name is in a book. So you get some eternal life. The names in the book and those things, they have their place. We'll talk about them some other day. Or one day then they say, okay, you, God is now going to give you eternal life. Then he will give it to you later. Now, so the Bible is careful to mention that what we actually believed was that God raised Christ from the dead. What we actually believed was the resurrection. What we actually received was the resurrection. You see, truth is progressive. So, all of us, we have been transformed from one level of glory to the other. So, we are learning little by little. Right? 
Now, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So we can comfortably say the word is God. It's not an extrapolation. It's the literal. The word was God. So the word is God. What it means is that the word of God is God in essence and in potential. What it means is that what God is, that is what the word is. What the word is, that's what God is. What it means is that what God can do, the word of God can do. They have the same essence, they have the same potential, they are the same. But the Bible also says that in him was life. In the word was life. We can also say that the word is life. Because the word is Jesus, right? And Jesus says, I'm the life. So the word is life. That was why the word of God, the gospel, gave you life. The word is life. Correct? Now, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is the life, and the life is the resurrection. It's actually the resurrected life. It's the same thing. But many of you have experienced the life, but you are yet to walk in the resurrection. No, you have it, too. You have the resurrection in your spirit. But you are yet to walk in the consciousness. You know you have eternal life. But you are yet to walk in the consciousness of the resurrection. So, what your spirit has experienced, your body is yet to experience. That's what happens when you start to walk in the consciousness. So, we are walking in the life, but we are yet to walk in the resurrection. But they are the same thing. Okay, let me explain. The Bible says that I'm come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. We call it abundant life. What is the abundant life? It's the same eternal life. Many adjectives qualify the same thing. Abundant life, overflowing life, the resurrection life. It's the same thing, the same life you have. But it is an abundant life. The original said overflowing. Everything that makes life life from clean conscience fulfillment joy success plenty money plenty resource super energy super wisdom great relationships excellence glory honor everything that makes life life and in abundance that is what we have but many people are working in the life but not in the abundance yet because we cry we have to thank god those days just get born again and go to heaven you will be broke, sick, because the only truth that was appreciated at that time was heaven. Because at that time, they didn't even understand oh, that we are even working in a realm higher than heaven. That will be heaven only for seven years. So, the eternal life, we are waiting for it to start. After we are dead, or after we go to heaven, when the eternal life actually starts from the day you got born again, that's when you got it. Amen? But you see, that is why somebody is holding you captive. 
Somebody is taking you captive. Somebody is taking you as a war booty. Because you see, you don't know what you have. So he's telling you that what you have is not complete. He wants to give you special aquantire. What Jesus did is not enough. It's not complete. What you have is not enough. So you need a prophet to tell you to bring some things. Then he'll mix them for you. But that's what black men like. We are highly superstitious, highly inflammable. The guy can be a professor, he's still superstitious. Educated, still superstitious. We break the curse in Jesus' name. Maybe it's because we are too spiritual. But it's not spirituality. It's superstition. We are looking for God so much that if somebody tells us to do something that does not even appeal to common sense, we do it. You see, people don't understand this faith thing. They think faith is assumption and presumption. They think faith means believe everything. No, faith means believe the truth. Only what God said. Not presumption, not foolishness. Amen? We saw that the faith that Abraham had here in our text was that he believed in God who raises the dead. And then when you come into the New Testament, you realize that the crux of our justification was in our faith in the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Because faith is about receiving. Amen? And when we receive the resurrected life, then that divine life was imparted. Amen? So here, we are saying that your life is the resurrected life. Can I explain something to you right here before we move on? When God promised Abraham that his seed will be as the stars of heaven and as the sun by the seashore, he gave Abraham only one son. <laughs> it looked like some big joke. So Abraham said, well, when are we going to become like the stars of heaven? So he quickly got some two other women to add to the one he had. So that Charlie, we can do the thing faster. So he got Hagar, got Keturah. You remember all that story? And God said, Abraham, I don't do my things like this. In Isaac shall your seed be called. He said, you don't need children, you need a seed. Because the principle of the seed, listen, the principle of seed is it multiplies after its kind. You can have all those children you want, but if somebody's going to be like Abraham, and the kind of Abraham, and multiply, it got to be a seed. The second thing about seeds is, when you say it is dying, that's where it's germinating. So the principle of the seed was a resurrection. So when God was talking to Abraham about a seed, you know, Abraham had all kind of faith. When God said, leave your father's house, it was a step of faith. But it was only when God promised him a seed in chapter 15, verse 6, that was when the Bible says, Abraham believed and it was counted to him for righteousness. So all this while he had faith, but it was not counted to him for righteousness. Because the faith that justifies is the faith in the seed. It is the faith in the resurrection. 
So, not because they are all children are they seed. So, you are a seed. The principle of multiplication, the principle of what? Resurrection. Oh, talk to me. It's right here. Say, I'm a seed. Say, I'm a seed. Okay, two things about seed. There are many things about seed, but two most important things about seed is what? One, they multiply after their kind. You see, that's why Jesus is the seed of Abraham. You get it? We are all sons of God, right? We are all Christians because there's just one seed in all of us, right? Look at Christ. All of us, we have become Christ, right? The same seed, right? So seed multiplies after its kind. Now, it multiplies. So, Abraham didn't have to worry about becoming like the stars of heaven. Amen? Amen. I told you. Then Isaac gave birth to Jacob and Esau. But when they were in the womb and they checked, they said two nations. Whoop. Then Jacob gave birth to 12. And everyone was a tribe or a nation. And then now it was the thousands of Manasseh and the ten thousands of Ephraim in Joseph. So the thing started from one. And by the time it got to Joseph, it was the thousands of Manasseh and the ten thousands of Ephraim. Now, but, but let's get back to our point. Say resurrection. Say the life I have is the resurrection life. Now, this is very extremely important. Because this is the lifeline of your faith. The climax of all the work of God was the resurrection. The single most important act of God was when he raised Christ from the dead. The single most important act of all eternity is the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Actually, the greatest miracle in the whole of the Bible was the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Because in it is the mystery of the eternalness of the blessing nothing can kill it it doesn't die when you say it's dying that's when it's germinating that is who you are now now churches do well when they are persecuted when you try to kill it that is when you are giving it more life a church that doesn't have persecution doesn't grow maybe the reason why a christian life is bizarre is because there's no persecution Some of you have to go to China or Russia or some few countries. Not to talk about the Islamic nations. And you change the way you live. You'll be a better Christian. If you are coming to church and Usher says sit here and you say you want to sit here, cry, that one cry, you say it's a persecution. Because in Ghana here, you have freedom. You have the rule of law. Go to a country where there is no rule of law. Which court are you going to challenge the matter? So the life you have can die. The eternal life is real. It's real. It means what it, it says. It is an eternal life. It was born from the dead. Look at it. I love this. We were not just raised from the dead. We were born from the dead. There was enough life in death to birth. That's the resurrection power. It's so powerful that even in death, it's not just 
being made alive is giving birth. Now, you need to understand that that's the life you have. So, the power that is flowing through your hands is a resurrection power. What means I can't touch a business and it will die. I can't start ministry and it will die. I can't start a project and it will die. As a matter of fact, when it dies, that's when it's coming back alive. You can't kill me. Oh, that's a joke. You can't kill my baby. You can't kill my dream. It is unkillable. Hallelujah. I started a message by saying that the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And that statement means that the life of the believer, the just, is faith. So the way you engage the resurrection life, which is your life, is by faith. Every time you use faith, every time you are in faith, you are engaged the resurrection life. That is how come I, you know, I found out that any time I hear faith, I come alive. And I didn't know why it was so. Anytime I hear faith, I come alive. I didn't know that that was my life. My life was faith. That is why you don't waste time hearing dead messages. Dead stories. Anything that steals from your faith, run away from it. Because it's a killer. Let me tell you, any message that is not prophet, show me any man of God that is doing well, and I will tell you he's a faith preacher. Check the statistics everywhere. Any man of God who is doing well is a faith preacher. Actually, the Bible says that our whole salvation will be an issue of faith. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Ah, look at that. Romans 10, from verse 6 to 13. Let's start from the beginning. If you don't understand anything, you can tell me, then I'll explain, okay? Let's start from verse 1. My heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they should be saved. Because I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They want to serve God, but it's not according to revelation. And they be ignorant of God's righteousness, God's standard for righting wrong, and God's standard for approving people. Because they are ignorant of that revelation, they're going about to establish their own righteousness. They not submit to the righteousness of God. They weren't doing their own religious thing. They didn't operate under God's program. Which is what? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. All the search for righteousness ends in Christ. To everyone who believeth. That's how God makes people righteous. That's how he approves people. That's how he justifies people. Christ is the end of all the Old Testament laws and ordinances. All the acquaintances in the Old Testament. Which some of you are really seriously, gullibly imbibing now. Jesus is the end of all that stuff. Moses described that old righteousness that anyone who does them will live by them. Your life was dependent on those things you did in the Old Testament. That the man who does this will live by them. But look at it now. But there is another righteousness, which is the righteousness of faith, which is the New Testament one, which is the new program God is running. And that one says, don't say in your heart. 
that who will go to heaven that is to bring christ down you see don't rationalize all this eight but how 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 can how can somebody be declared righteous how can this happen who will go up and bring how will this is going to work or who will descend into the deep that is to bring christ again from the dead but what said this righteousness what said it the word is just near you your salvation your eternal life your righteousness is close to you it's as close to you as your tongue is in your mouth and as close to you as your heart is in your chest it's already in your mouth it's in your heart which is the word of faith which we preach your righteousness your life the word is near you it's in your heart and in your mouth and that is the word of faith we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Did you see that? If you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God did what? You see, we take this for granted, but that's what we believe. That God raised him from the dead. Why? Because believing is receiving. And when we believe, we receive the resurrection. So, when you believe that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Uh-huh. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, <laughs> for the scripture said, now the scripture is saying, the scripture is saying, the scripture said, that at the mouth of every two or three witnesses, a matter will be established. The scripture said, now this is the scripture saying that the scripture said, the, the Bible is saying, the Bible says, Bible is quoting itself very credible. The scripture said, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. Honey, this is where I live. Honey, this is where I live. Shame? Where is he going to come from? How did he say that? God said that. As the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Honey, the word here is will not be disappointed. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. I'm growing old and I'm not getting married. You will not be disappointed. It's because all the guys who have come so far, they are not correct. The genuine one is coming. The better one is coming. You will not be ashamed. No baby is coming. Honey, the greater the problem, the greater the testimony. If you marry and you have child immediately, there's no testimony about it. It's normal. You see, God wanted Hannah's attention. Because everybody's giving birth. Everybody's giving birth like that. So it's normal. So if God had not arrested this lady and said, not yet, it would have just been, and he should have taken it for granted. When you marry, you get pregnant, you give birth. But when God arrested her and said, no child, got her attention, then now she knows, yes, something is really happening. And then like the woman of God said, Elkanah was trying to pacify him with meat, double portion of the meat. 
say who is talking about meat here? It's not meat I want. I want a child. And you see, the purpose was not just an ordinary child. The purpose was a prophet for Israel. Now, you must keep your eye on the grand purpose. Listen, your wisdom will always be to keep your eye on the ultimate purpose. When God visited Abraham in Genesis 18, Abraham was under one of the oak trees of Mamre, and three people appeared. It was the Lord. He recognized that this was God. He said, Lord, wait a little. Let me bring some food. Eat. Wash your feet before you continue the journey. And as he ministered to the Lord, as the Lord was eating, he stood back. And God said, where is Sarah, your wife? Next year, according to the time of life, I will come and she will have a child. God comes to your house and he's not giving you a child. He says he's going to go back and come back next year. Why? He said according to the time of life. Because every purpose has a time. We are not just dashing children. The children must be born at a specific time. To fulfill specific purpose. So we are not just giving babies. Then, you know, the things that happen. Sarah heard it and Sarah laughed. And God said, Sarah, you're laughing. If a Bible says Sarah laughed within herself. But God even heard it. Wow, you're laughing? The Bible says, Sarah said, I, I didn't laugh. Because Sarah was afraid. It said, you laughed. You laughed at me. What I told you, you laughed. He actually said, how can I have a child since I'm old? Will I have a pleasure? You can't even turn me on. Everything is gone. And my husband also. And God asked them, is there anything too hard? For the Lord. I'll show you something more. Something even more serious. God finished eating. And started to move on. What was he going to? Sodom and Gomorrah. So what was he doing in Abraham's house? Because Abraham was his friend. He passed through Abraham's house. Honey, may you have a relation with God so much so that when God is in town and he doesn't have anything to do in the Ansuma area, May God just for your sake come around and stay around Dansuma for a while. Commune with you. Tell you his eternal purposes. And move on to do the other things. Then whilst Abraham haven't said anything, God started rebuking him himself. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that he shall become a great nation. 
may God trust you love you have so much confidence in you that he will rebuke himself and repent himself of an evil because of you he said for I know him that he will order his house after him to do justice and judgment that the Lord may perform his oath to Abraham this is God talking you Then the Bible says, Abraham drew near before the Lord. When God told him that the cry of Sodom has come up all the way to me. And they are seen is grievous. And I want to go and see. But you see, the visitations of God are twofold. He visits for good or visits for evil. So when God said he was going to see, Abraham understood the language. But he was not just going to look at it. That visitation was judgment. So Abraham said, I have taken upon myself to speak with my Lord. Though I am dust and ash. Will God destroy the wicked with the righteous? Shall the judge of all the earth not do good? <laughs> May God bring you to the place of faith. Right standing. When you can look God face to face. And ask him some few questions. And said, God, will you destroy the just with the wicked? Shall not the judge of the earth do right? And then he started his bargain. If you find 50 men righteous, will you not even spare the whole city? <laughs> For the sake of 50, God said, I will spare everybody else if I find only 50. They came all the way down. Abraham decided to focus on the main thing. Abraham began to intercede. I will leave this part for another day. The future of the church and the future of the nations is dependent on our intercession. That's why the last week of this man, 27th of August to the 2nd of September we're going to engage in a 12 hour non-stop prayer intense for 7 days to establish our global prayer command the prayer that will shape the nations 
and the prayers that will supply grace for the church. Now listen, as I close. Faith is the way we engage the resurrection life. Romans 8.10 But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is life. Is your life. Because of right standing, righteousness. It says, because you were given righteousness. Righteousness is the nature of God. Because you were given righteousness, the Holy Spirit becomes your life. He said, though your body is dead, mortal, because of sin. The Holy Spirit is your life. And he knows that if he lives it like the people will spiritualize it. So he added verse 11. That, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. You can't spiritualize this. The way we got God's righteousness was by faith. Faith keyed you into the nature of God and into God's realm. And the Holy Spirit becomes your life because once you have the nature of God, you must have the spirit of God. If God can give you his nature, he should give you his spirit. So he says, the Holy Spirit is your life because of righteousness. And now, if the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will give you a brand new heart, brand new vital organs. Every disorder that the doctors have talked about Receive the resurrection life. Now maybe you are here. You have a condition. You are afraid you will die. You are afraid it doesn't have a remedy. The doctor says this one, you have to live with it. The Bible says all things are possible to he that believe it. And if you can believe in the resurrection, you receive the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead 
To be carnally minded is death. See, when you read in the King James, you don't understand. When you focus on yourself, it's death. When you are thinking about yourself, that's what the message translated puts it. To be self-conscious. Hey, your organs, so, your weight, so, your this, so, hey, the way the heart is beating, so, the way you are having sensations here, so, the way the things are moving your head. So, you are so conscious of... The Bible says, Abraham considered not his own body now dead. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. When you are too conscious of the situation, conscious of the medical report, conscious of your body, too conscious, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things are. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things that made it low. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Lift up your hands. You see, why are you considering your sickness that was placed on him? You should be considering him. The Bible says, consider him who endured the contradiction. Uh, one day, Kenneth Hagin was lying on his sick bed. And the Lord said, don't consider the sickness. He said, what should I consider? And the Lord quoted this scripture to him. Consider him who endured the contradiction. The sickness has been taken from you and placed on Christ. You are also considering the sickness on you. And to be carnally minded is death. So consider him who took the sickness. Don't consider you who is carrying it. Because when you are considering, you are saying you are still carrying it. Consider him who took away your sin. Sometimes there's so much injustice in the system. And you feel, you feel like you are violated. But honey, if you consider the system... You just have hypertension because human beings are not fair. They even lie under oath. So consider him who is your righteousness. Consider him. 
a Odimao Odimafu 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 That's the one you should consider Yesu Your counselor Your go between Now, the young man who led a prayer said something. He said, You may feel low, you may feel depressed. But the Bible says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. He said, Weeping may endure for a night, joy is breaking forth. I see your morning coming. Right now, things may be hopeless. That's why you have the case of Abraham there. It was not written for him. Because he already knew it. It's written for us. Who against hope, believing hope, that he might become the father of many nations. How can somebody who is barren and then dead, so to speak, become a father of many nations? But that's God talking. I said, that's God talking. Everything is down. Well, he raised the dead. Where is the God who gives songs at, at night? In your midnight hour. When everything is gloom and gloomy. give you a song Yes we see some we shall pray I'm a seed of God, I don't die, I germinate. I'm a seed of God, I don't die, I germinate. 
will increase with the increase of God. You will increase with the in Hebrews 6 12. Time will not permit me to prophesy to you individually. You would have heard the fantastic things God has for you. That he be not slothful, but followers of those of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Next verse. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Say, surely, blessing will I bless you, and multiply will I multiply you. Listen, surely, blessing will I bless you. I don't think we have experienced that yet, but from today, you will experience this. Yes, 
Resurrection
The only reason why Reverend is walking all over here now alive when he was actually dying of cancer on the bed of affliction was he believed this scripture that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead every time I see this man I see a living miracle The doctors had given up by the same spirit that gives life will quicken your mortal body. Amen. Stretch your hand towards the altar. We ask the Holy Ghost to unleash your faith. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. This sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of God might be seen. As it is written, whosoever believes in him will not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto them that call upon him. And how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? Father, breathe on us today. Let a quickening spirit raise the dead. Let our bodies experience what our spirit experiences. Let the same spirit that raised our spirit up raise our mortal bodies also. Let our body experience the resurrection. Let my body and the body of everybody here experience the divine life. We receive the resurrection into our bodies. I receive, I receive, I receive.
He that dwelleth in a secret place of the Most High will upon the shadow of the Almighty. A crumb crumb, yes, I crumb crumb, don't be. If a would be, your mama's soul, yet you would get one, yet he did. If a child would be, now your
Thank you, Father. We're living here walking in faith. Walking in our resurrections. Even those of us that are dead. <laughs> I'm walking in my resurrection. Those who are sick are walking in their health. Those who are poor will begin to walk in their riches. Those who are down will be up again. For we shall be the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Now I bless you. That's your portion. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We've entered into a season as God's people of glory. And I want every believer to know this. Maybe in my next session, I will share that with you. Some of the problem is I try to teach, you see. But I want you to know that God has taken you high and you are not coming down. God has taken you to a level you are not coming down. You only go up. Abandoned life is abandoned life. The Greek is abundant life. The Hebrew is abundant life. The English is abundant life. And that is your portion. Problem with your urinary tract. Prostate. Cancer. Tumors. Disorders. Whatever it is, I see the resurrection life flow through it. Is it not death we are all afraid of? We see the resurrection power move through it. Now look at me. The day Jesus became sin, that's when sin lost his power. The day Jesus became a curse, that's the day curse lost his power. Can God be cursed? That's a joke. The day Jesus became a curse, that's the day curse lost his power. And listen, the day Jesus died, the day Jesus died, that was when death lost his power. Nothing can hold you captive again. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow by day, nor pestilence that works in darkness, nor destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. It's not going to come near you. The next visitor in your house will be God Himself. No witch, no hide prophet, no enchanter or diviner can take you captive. I bless you. I bless your coming and I bless your going out. You are a blessing. You are a blessing. Uh, God is about to do something with your life. I say God is about to do something with your life. God is about to do something with your life. Oh yes. If God didn't have anything for you, He would have left you alone. He didn't call you to experiment with you. He called you to glorify you. Yeah. 
That's why the song says, take a look at me, I'm a wonder. And then the other song says, you don't have to look far. Just look at me. Sing it. We'll sing both. Let's sing the soft one first. Just look at me. Don't look too far to see how good he is. Just look at me. <laughs> he took me from the merry clay, set my feet upon the rock. Hey! I'm standing in his righteous now. Everybody will hear your testimony. He took away my third shame, gave me a brand new name. He's beloved and the redeemed. Look how he turned my life around, making me a shining light. His glory to reveal. I will worship him forever, love him forever, because this God is too good. I will worship him. Faithful and gracious I'm the apple of his eyes The thought that fills his heart Every morning, noon and night He loved me when I didn't care I was patient till I came Running back into his heart Shining star, his glory to reveal. I will worship, yeah, forever, forever, forever. This God, oh yeah, oh I will worship, forever, 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 yeah, yeah. see how good he is just look at me he took me from the merry clay set my feet upon the rock I'm standing in his right shoulder oh, he took away my sin and shame a brand new name it belongs and the see how he turned my life around making me a sign
falling from your body and I see death leave you the Bible says mortality shall be swallowed up by life do you now understand why Caleb said they are like bread for us Bible says our rock is not like their rock. There's an old song. Hold it. Who is the Lord beside our God? And who is the rock beside our rock? Listen. A fortress and a shield, a tower of deliverance is it too? Those who trust in the Lord. Hold it. A fortress and a shield. A tower of deliverance is it too. Those who trust in our God. Who is the Lord beside our God? Who is the rock beside our rock? A fortress and a shield. A tower of deliverance is it to those who trust in our God. 
fortress and a shield, tower of deliverance is it to those who trust in our God, who is the Lord beside our God, who is the rock beside our rock, a fortress and a shield. Tower of deliverance is it to those who trust in our God. Fortress and the shield. Tower of deliverance is it to those who trust in and close your eyes for one minute I see you swallowing something drinking, eating something you are eating the resurrection life the Bible says this is not as your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they are dead men ate angels food and still died he said this is not as your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead but this is the bread that came from heaven that man will eat and not die. Our God, our faithfulness, without injustice, good and upright is He. Our God, our faithfulness, Without injustice, good and upright is He. Our God, our faithfulness, without injustice, good and upright is He. Our God, our faithfulness, without injustice, Good and upright. Lift up your hands.
Amen. It's done.